But it is good to see you today. It's good to worship with you. Uh, today we are continuing, this is week two of our, our summer uh, series entitled Called Two, where we're reflecting how God calls each of us just as we are, brokenness and all, to participate in the work of God's redemption and uh, peace and justice taking shape in our world. Last week, we began the series on Pentecost, where we talked about how each of us are called to dream and vision together of the new thing God is constantly doing in and among us. This morning, though, we continue the series reflecting how we as Christians are called to hope. Today is a particular day in the life of the church and the church year called Trinity Sunday. It's the only day in the church calendar that's dedicated to a doctrine. And I promise it's not as boring as that sounds, <laughs> of being um, dedicated to a doctrine. And not just any doctrine, the doctrine of the Trinity. That our, the idea that our one God is known in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Now this doctrine is not mentioned explicitly in Scripture. So, so this is a doctrine that came about in the church not through a biblical study, but rather through experience. The experience of the church of experiencing and, and witnessing and um, uh, visioning their one God, our one God, in three distinct ways, all at the same time, though. Um, so this, this idea develops in the church over the, its first few centuries, um, as, as our way of expressing how we know and experience God in and among us. So, needless to say, in our reading today, Paul speaks of all three persons in the Trinity, but he is not trying to establish a doctrine here. Rather, what he's doing is he's speaking as a pastor. He's speaking as a pastor to um, a community in Rome who are trying to figure out this whole church thing for the first time, how they can live as Christians in a chaotic and tumultuous world. And Paul leans on this, these different ways of experiencing God as a way of, of bringing this community together and a way for them to figure out who God is and who they are as followers of the risen Christ. It seems like wisdom we could use today as well in the chaotic world we live in. So friends, I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the fifth chapter of Paul's letters to the Romans, beginning with the first verse. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. As many of you know, friends, I grew up in central Michigan, um, and one of my best friends growing up in, in Michigan lived on an old, old farmhouse that was over 100 years old, and this house was heated only through a wood stove. 
You can imagine how big of a task that would be um, heating a home through wood in a Michigan winter. So without fail, every time I went to my friend's house to hang out, his dad would ask us to go out back to their massive wood pile and to bring wood into the home to heat it. We uh, had some fun with this about how much his, his dad loved wood and gave him the nickname Lumberjack eventually um, to do this. But as you can imagine, my friend and I would also, like any preteens, complain heavily about having to do this chore, particularly having to walk through uh, a good bit of snow to do so with armfuls of wood to do multiple trips. Every time we complained without fail, his dad would reply with a well-known quip that hard work produces character. Hard work produces character. You keep doing that and it'll build, build character. It's good for you. In our reading today, Paul is addressing the Roman church. He's facing a pretty tough go of it. After all, the early followers of Jesus were mostly poor and marginalized folks in their time. And they believed and did some things that everyone else around them thought was strange. From caring for the sick and trying to to work to heal those who are sick, to doing things like eating and drinking of Christ's blood. To make matters worse, their Savior was crucified, on a Roman cross nonetheless, completely confounding anyone outside of the church as to why they would worship an executed Lord. But as scholar Crystal Hall notes, the biggest hurdle facing this early Jesus community was that it was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, folks who did not normally associate with one another. The biggest reason being they could not eat at the same table. Paul's letter to the Roman church seeks to stand in this gap and bridge these divides to help this Jesus community find its its unity and its footing in these early days. And to do so in Rome, the very seat of the empire. Paul tries to stand in this gap and bring about unity by talking about the triune God. Now, remember, as I said, he's not trying to establish theological doctrine here, but he's talking about who this God is, this one God is in three different ways. That God exists in this kind of interdependent relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, all of these work together as one entity. God existing in a triune form models human relationships, that we're supposed to relate with others, to seek to be in relationship, this kind of loving, interdependent relationship with those around us. For Paul, this this idea of a three-in-one or one-in-three God is the bridge that can, can stand in the gap of any divide or division in the world. As we go on, we're going to eventually get back to character and the idea of hauling wood, I promise. But first, we need to talk a little bit about boasting. Now, let me give you a a Bible study life hack from, I, I guess, a pro. Anytime you see a word or phrase repeated in, in your Bible, particularly back-to-back verses, your antenna should go up. You should pay particular attention to that word. 
In our reading, Paul speaks of boasting in back-to-back verses. First, that we should boast in our hope of sharing God's glory. And next, to boast even in our suffering. Now, of all the words to emphasize, boasting seems like a pretty strange one, doesn't it? Even in our culture of self-promotion, constant self-promotion, we are conscious not to come off as too full of ourselves or to risk being rude by doing so. Which is why we inadvertently come up with things like the humble brag or to put it in a churchy term, I'm feeling so blessed. Yet Paul discusses boasting a lot in his letters, particularly to the Romans. The Greek word Paul uses here and throughout that's translated as boasting is kaukaomai, and it's better understood as to rejoice. Remember, the people Paul addresses in Rome really don't have a whole lot to rejoice over. To say the least, things were rough and it seemed like the deck was stacked against them. Yet Paul insists this boasting in Christ is a thing that can bring this small, marginal, and diverse community of Christians together. It's the thing that can unite them despite all of their differences as they try to find their footing, as they take their very first baby steps of faith as a community of Jesus. Kind of like my friend's dad, Paul reminds them that we can rejoice or boast in suffering and hardship Because this builds endurance, and endurance produces character. But Paul goes a step farther by saying that character produces something else, something even better than character, something even more vital than character. Hope. Just like both, Paul says the word hope twice in our reading. So remember, our our antenna should go up here. This character-producing hope cannot and will not disappoint because of God's love within each of us. Paul wanted these new Christians to see that this character-inducing hope had the power to become the uniting force for change, not only in and among them as a community, but the force for change in the world. Friends, perhaps hope This kind of character-producing hope may be a uniting force in our divided and broken world today. We may not have the problem of the early Romans of finding ways to bring Jews and Gentiles together, but we have plenty of other divides and divisions among us. Divisions between socioeconomic groups, racial cultural divides, the ideological division between liberal and conservative. I could go on and on, but I think we get the point. These divides seem to be growing farther and farther apart, on the face of it seeming even more irreconcilable. It may seem naive, and dare I even say foolish, to say that this kind of hope stands a chance against such divisive and powerful forces. Yet, friends, this is exactly what Paul commends to the Romans and to us today. You know, about six years ago now, or six years come September now, I was installed as your pastor in this very space. The installation service, uh, it 
which some of you were certainly there, was a crazy day, and it was pre-COVID, so let's be honest, friends. My memory, and I'm sure all of our memories, were a little, are a little fuzzy about the details. One part I do remember clearly, and will probably always remember, though, is the charge that was given to me by my fellow pastor and colleague, John Leggett. Reverend Leggett's a pastor whom I greatly respect and is one of the most thoughtful pastors I know. So it was truly an honor for him to participate in the service to give me the charge to begin my ministry as your pastor here at WPC. In his charge, Leggett describes all the things he could say to me, all the advice he could say as a more seasoned pastor of what, how to do the job well, how to um, pastor effectively, how to remember to do all these important and vital things. But he decided to sum all these things up in one word. Any guess what that word is? Our theme today. Hope. He summed it all up with that word, hope. That pastors are called to hope against hope, to speak, live, and embody Christ's hope with everything we have in a so often hopeless world. It's wise counsel indeed, friends, because Leggett had no idea, as did any of us, of what lay ahead of us the next six years. As I talked about, the growing divisiveness and hatred among among our community members uh, here and throughout the nation and world the past six years, we faced unspeakable tragedies and injustices near and far. Certainly, most of all, we faced a pandemic, which uprooted just about everything we know and understand, and it also took the lives of over one million Americans. Hope is the only thing that's able to carry us through such difficult times. Hope is the only thing that can stand in the gap between hopelessness and division to try to offer another way, another path forward. The way of Christ, the very thing Paul commends to the Romans and to us. So friends, I'd like to take Leggett's charge to me one step further, and in light of our reading, that all of us are called to this kind of hope. Call it naive, call it foolish, But Paul says this kind of character-inducing hope is the thing that can stand in all the divides in our society and world and bring about God's reign of love, peace, and justice here and now. Friends, we are called to hope against hope in the face of overwhelming odds that people can join together in fellowship and kinship. Friends, in Christ, as our triune God lives and exists in interdependent, loving relationships, so are each of us called to seek out lives in meaningful relationship with one another, particularly those we disagree with. Friends, in Christ, we are called to this kind of crazy, foolish, character-producing hope that allows us to stand in all the gaps of our world, all the divides, to bring people together for love and service to God. Friends in Christ, we are called to hope. May we do so, and may our hope, our hopefulness, be a beacon of light in our hurting and struggling world now and throughout our days. May it be so, friends.